0: Welcome to Four Down Territory As Stink and Mike Take a look at The four
1: biggest stories In Denver sports Here's Slareth and Evans Kicking it off With First Down Alright, good morning everybody Happy Friday Yeah, you made it Got Matt Smith Sitting in for uh, Stink As uh, we kick off Four Down Territory Talking about the sublime Nikola Jokic Comes right out of the break So much for uh, any kind of all-star break hangover as Jokic goes off a triple-double 29, let's see, it was 25 points, no, 21 points 21 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. Oh, Michael Malone loves talking about those assists. His head is always up. He's surveying the floor. He's seeing who is open, where the defense is, and um, he just has a tremendous IQ, and he
0: sees a lot of things before they happen. So the outlet passes, the behind the backs,
1: over the heads, um, eyes closed, eyes open, whatever you want to call it. He is one of the best passers to ever play this game. And that's saying a lot.
0: He was unbelievable last night. He was perfect from the field, 10 for 10, by the way. Nuggets is a team, 41 assists on 56 makes. That's nuts. That's insane. You'll take it every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I, you know that that was a game last night where it looked like he's kind of toying with the Wizards. Sure, throwing full court, you know, full court pitch aheads, and but everything is just on the money. And, and the fun part about that is when you play with a guy like that, everybody's involved, and you know it. If you do the work and you put the work in, if I cut backdoor hard here, eventually I'm going to get that type of a look. Fifteen assists last night. It's. It's something I think we take for granted still somehow, but honestly oh, no. what he's doing is not, It's as Christian Brown
1: said last night, he's not doing anything that's normal. Well, let's just, let's just get that out of the for, way. For, for me, it's... So we, we always talk about the idea that Chuck Daly, a coach of the Bad Boy Pistons, used to say the key to being a good coach in the NBA is getting the players' permission to coach them. And one thing I've always talked about is that the only way a culture works is if your best player has the buy-in. A coach can rant and rail and and plead and beg and demand and all this kind of stuff. It only works if your best player gets it and goes out and lives it. And when you have Michael Malone coming out and he is stressing in the two practices before they get back to work is, hey, we've got to hit the ground running. We've got these 27 games left. We have got to hit the ground running and so it's one thing for him to say it, but then if Nikola Jokic is the one that says, yeah, you're right, coach, I agree, and then goes out and plays at this level right off where he actually could be excused if he kind of ease back into the games after being on the All-Star break, instead he comes out and he's brilliant and everybody else has no choice. But to follow along,
0: he took the message. He ran with yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. But I love this because he's got 15 assists, 21. Joker could have had 50 last night. Embiid would have gone tried to right. go for 50. This is what this is what makes Nikola Jokic the most unselfish superstar, maybe in any sport in and over history. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He he constantly defers, and it's it's impressive because it's not like he couldn't do it on his own, but
1: he wants everybody to eat. It's so conti- 41 assists in a game. Folks, if, if an NBA team gets 30 assists in a game, the coach is absolutely overjoyed. At 30, they had 41. Second down. Christian Brown, part of a bench that put up 52 points. The bench. Got a chance to eat last night. Christian Brown, 12 points, 10 rebounds, double double. Just doing it. Um, focusing on it. Don't talk about it. Just go do it. Um, go focus on each game, win each game. Um, try to get as high as we can in the standings. Um, like I said, try to be healthy. Um, that's the biggest thing on us. Be healthy. Uh have home court advantage. Just do what we did last year. Stop talking about it. Just do it. You know, Malone didn't no want to Malone didn't want to make excuses uh, for Brown. But you know, because Brown hasn't at times looked like the same player as he did certainly in the postseason last year. And Malone's saying, hey, not a lot's been made of it. This guy uh, was banged up during the offseason, didn't have a chance to have a full training camp, uh, has dealt with some ankle issues, uh, really benefited from the All-Star break, came out, was fresh, was healthy, had some jump, had some bounce. And, boy, if you can get... He had a double-double in 23 minutes last night. If you get that kind of Christian Brown performance (laughs) pretty routinely in the playoffs, you're going to have another parade. And I love the fact that the bench,
0: not only did they score last night, but it was defense, it was rebounding. Four blocks from Najee, four blocks from Watson as well. Christian Brown, as you mentioned, a bit of a sophomore slump this year. Yep. Here's to hoping that this is a good sign that all these guys are going to start to key it up a little bit here heading towards play.
1: And I'm I didn't. i I'm not even looking at the ramelslaw.com text line. I'm sure there's somebody saying, hey, you know, pump your brakes. It was the Washington Wizards. I get it. I get it. But... These are the kind of games where your young players are going to get a chance to get a lot of minutes, get a lot of reps, build a lot of confidence, and then you hope it carries over to when they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves or Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. Good stuff. Good win. Third down. No win for the Avalanche last night as they had a 1-0 lead late in their game against Detroit, but Mm -hmm. the Red Wings. Ah, the Red Wings. The Red Wings end up getting the game tying goal. And then the game winner from Patrick Kane, which stung a little bit extra because the Avs were definitely in on Patrick Kane when he was deciding where to go. He chose the Red Wings. Bed- uh, Jared Bednar just uh, felt his team was a little bit off. It wasn't that we weren't trying to do the right things with the puck, but we, did, we had some execution issues. Part of that was, like, sticking around a little bit closer to the puck for me, especially on the breakouts in the second. I think we could have cleaned up some maybe, maybe few. Uh, made our, our passing options easier. I think we we're a little bit spread out and they were playing on the inside of us. It's something we've talked about recently. Special teams really killed them in this one. Uh, they are now in a slump where they are two for 29 uh, on the power play over the last several games. And last night, the game tying goal was a power play goal for Detroit, as took a couple of. Uh, yeah, questionable, but, you know, they were called, a, a tripping call and a, a holding call that uh, led to a couple of uh, power play chances for Detroit. And then in the in the overtime, the Avs were in a great position. I, I almost look at it like a power play opportunity because they had a whistle, a faceoff in the Detroit and with their top line rested and out there and I couldn't get the game-winning goal, and they ended up giving it up the other way. 24 points in 25 games now
0: since joining the Red Wings for K, and I hope everybody sees why I was pounding the table I for know. years. Anyway, yes, the power play's a huge problem. Why is it a big problem? Well, the Avs are more or less a one-line-driven team. They get contributions every other night from from a different guy here or there but the problem is is when they're not bringing it consistently every night you have to generate on the power play mike you have to generate with the man advantage and on the road when you don't have the last change and the home team can dictate the matchups it's hard to generate it five on five so if that's the case you got to convert on special teams yeah you absolutely have to
1: and and right now two for their last 29. there's no excuse for when you're able to roll out a, a first power play unit of of Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, uh, Taves.
0: You're missing a guy though, and so are they. I know, and that's Val. He Nishushkin. is. He was damn near leading the league in power play goals when he went to the program. Uh, yeah. It's a problem. They don't have that net front presence. I thought Lekkinen played well in a couple of games, but there's just no replacing what Val and Landis God can bring to the yeah, team. Yeah, I know, but
1: still, that still doesn't explain two for 29. No now, question. you have that kind of firepower no out question. there. No question. No, it should be better than that. Uh, it needs to be better than that. One, two, three, fourth three. Fourth down. Uh, college hoops last night. DU gets uh, worked over at, I don't know, was it South Dakota State, South Dakota, North Dakota? I don't know. There's so many Dakotas uh, in the Summit League. But anyway, uh, DU loses. But uh, this weekend, we, uh, I don't know how you are. I I'm really getting dialed in because this is the stretch run before the the tournament, the conference tournaments. Uh, Do we get two teams into the big dance? It looks like Colorado State will be in. CU is on the bubble, but, boy, they got a great opportunity. The schedule over the next week, three straight home games uh, for Tad Boyle's buffs. Let me ask you this one. Mm. Is Tad Boyle's job... Riding on them making it to the NCAA tournament this nah. year, you don't think so? Uh-uh. No. Should it be? <sighs> Come on, it would be. I'll just say this: it would be one of his worst
0: coaching performances. Now, to be fair, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, so they've been one of the more injured teams, especially with their starting lineup throughout the year. But to not be able to take this group to the tournament right. would be a really bad look. With a guy that could be the number one pick in the draft, and and let me add this wrinkle: if you think this year was hard, wait till you go to the I Big know. Twelve. They are due
1: for a rude awakening. That's what I'm saying. And so, they already lost a four-star center for next year's well, class. That's why I'm saying this is a big this is a big next couple weeks for Tad Boyle because it, it is only going to get harder and you gotta be sure, making the move to the Big Twelve, that you got the right guy. To be, Especially in the NIO NIL portal world that we live in, you gotta make sure you got the right guy. To be fair, the
0: administration is gonna have to prove that they actually wanna invest in basketball like that, because as we know right now. There's a, a different show that's taking the main stage Yes, up in Boulder, Yes, and it's walking down the catwalk the day before the spring game.
1: Okay, that'll do it for uh, four down territory or tour around the uh, Denver sports scene. It's a Is It Just Me Friday giving you a chance to get those hot takes off your chest, including, oh, here's one. Should Jared Bednar's seat be oh. getting warmer? Okay, we'll, we'll debate that next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my hiding spots. Ha, found you.
0: How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract, and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing, auto pay, or stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual
1: speeds vary. Denver Sports Station 104.3. The Fan Presents Schlereth and Evans. <music> having some fun getting a little loose on a friday but we do only difference is matt smith ain't in for a stink is it just me friday giving you a chance to uh, get those hot takes off your chest it could be about anything or everything like these is it just me or do beers just taste better on a friday mm, they do too. they do don't they just oh, crisp refreshing uh-huh
0: and the thought that you don't have to do anything tomorrow exactly which means instead of just
1: having one or two, eh, maybe I have 13. Let's let this thing breathe maybe a little bit. Maybe I have 13. Uh, another one here, is it just me? Can I get a shout out for all the beer men out there working to make sure y'all don't go thirsty through the weekend? Uh, yeah, this I, I follow up. I go, you're a driver? He goes, yes, sir. I said, all right, well, thank you. Any drivers. We love drivers. Are our people. Delivery driver, oh. truck driver? You guys, that's that's our familiar right there. Heartbeat, right there. Heartbeat, making it all happen. Getting it all done. Thank you so much. Uh, Some more, is it just me, Is, is it just me, but do I need to stop watching the national sports media? Kendrick Perkins made my blood boil again yesterday. Well. His latest take was that the Clippers will win the championship and Jason Tatum should be the MVP. Thank goodness for, on, Thank goodness for Shannon Sharp on that show because I was I, I caught like
0: a, a few minutes of it on Monday and Perk started going down that same ridiculous avenue talking and, and Shannon was just like stop. Stop! No, it's Jokic. Why? Cuz he's the best player. So, yes, I, I do yourself a favor, a, fa- a favor, a favor. Don't be watching that show, especially when Kendrick Perkins is on. Change the channel. If we learned one thing from last year's MVP race, it's that nobody should be listening to Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, but oh. the per-
1: brother, this, this guy stinks. Well, Shannon hasn't been there long enough. That's well, the thing. He hasn't he's got it, now. He hasn't got indoctrinated into the ESPN way of doing things, which is they are. I guarantee you that these aren't just all individual opinions. That these. Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins put out there, it is talked about, it is drilled into them, that it's drive the major markets, drive the stories. When when Stephen A. comes out the other day and lists his top five biggest storylines for the remainder of the regular season did not include, can Nikola Jokic win three MVPs in four years? Can the Nuggets go back to back? It was uh, are the Clippers good enough to go to the NBA Finals are the Knicks good enough to go to the Eastern Conference Finals is Jason Tatum uh good enough to win the MVP is this LeBron James last dance it it's all about the bigger markets and that's what they're trying to drive they do not want to drive Denver Denver's an inconvenient uh nuisance uh like a like a bug on a windshield for them that they would just like to be rid of and so yeah and I I I predicted this. I said, watch, watch what happens with ESPN as soon as the buzz of the Super Bowl has been exhausted. Watch what they pivot to. Watch how they start to immediately build the candidacies of different players other than Jokic to promote as NBA MVP. And who is the first guy up? Jason Tatum. They have they have, they, to market they, have they have made it is clear. They have made Jason Tatum the the face of who they're trying to promote right now for MVP. No that's question. That's
0: ignorant. In fact, in fact, that's a really good point because I was reading on ESPN, they released their list of NBA contender tiers for this year. The true contender, there was one team, true contender, Boston Celtics. The Nuggets were in the second tier. Yeah. And I was like I was like, oh, I, "How do how am I supposed to take you seriously now?" I get that the West is better than the East and there's probably part of that, but come on. Are you kidding me? Everybody's healthy. I mean, nobody's hurt. They got all their starting five in the lineup. You tell me the Nuggets aren't a true contender? Get out of town.
1: Uh, is it just me on the ramoslaw.com text line? Jared Bednar needs to go. Ugh. He's been complaining about effort and style of play for months. The message is falling on deaf ears. Well,. I think
0: two things can be true, right? One is not true. He does not need to go. Relax, okay? Just take a breather. Second part, do I think the message is falling on dead ears? I don't know. But I think the believability from within the locker room of now being two years going on two years without Gabe, you don't have Val, you don't think those guys know what it takes to win a cup, you don't think Nathan McKinnon looks around a locker room and can tell whether or not he's got what he needs in the building, Every now and again, one of eighty-two, right, night after night, it, it, I could see how those guys they could start to be losing a little bit of belief because a they just don't have the dudes in the locker room and McCarr right now he's real you know he's real down on himself he doesn't have a point in seven games I was listening to him last night very self-critical as all great players are especially those who push themselves but it's it, it's just a little negative right now and that was the one part about Gabe. If Nathan was the driving force behind the motivation as far as leadership, Gabe was the guy who could smooth everything over, put an arm around you when need be, and also kind of help be that calming, settling presence. And they haven't had that in the locker room for two years. If I'm going to put anybody
1: on the hot seat over there in, in avalanche land, it's it's Chris McFarlane. Oh, now, now you're because to me, the the issue ever since they they started out defending their cup has not been about coaching. It's not about their core players. It's about what they're building around that core. And they acknowledged last year, last year's decisions were terrible because they blew everybody out. They blew everybody out. They came back with a completely different supporting cast this year after acknowledging that the one that they put together last year wasn't the answer. And so now they're going with this group. And right now, the early reviews mixed. So we'll see how this thing plays out. But if it's another one and done, two and done in the playoffs, I think you got to take a long, hard look at what's going on in that front office. Another one, is it just me? Or does the possibility of drafting J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, or Bo Nix just seem kind of lame? Don't Mm. think they are the answer. Uh, I found this one interesting. Daniel Jeremiah, uh, former scout, front office guy, now doing the whole media thing. This is his comp, pro, pro comp. For uh, J.J. McCarthy.
0: But he can rev it up. He can drive the ball in the seams. Um, He can extend plays, keep his eyes up. Uh, You know, I kind of, when I finished up watching him, I was like, gosh, who does he remind me of? And I thought, man, there's there's some elements of Alex Smith uh, coming out of college where Alex Smith had a similar build,
1: um, played the game uh, from the shoulders up really well, and was pretty athletic to go out and make some plays. You want to draft the next Alex Smith? I'm not high on McCarthy
0: at all. I know that he's flying up draft boards, but there was so much success that he had in college that, honestly, he wasn't the driving force behind. He had the best team, the overall most balanced team, especially offensively. Not a lot of pressure was on his shoulders now. The things that he was asked to do, he stepped up and did. I just don't... You know, I I don't like that comp to Alex Smith. I think he's more of like a knockoff brand Daniel Jones. Like, he's got some athleticism, he's got some mobility, but I think he's a little bit raw as a passer. You can see there's some potential there. And sure, in flashes, he can look really good. But earlier in, in his college career, he struggled a little bit. So we'll see. I will say, as far as fit in Sean Payton's offense, it's probably the most seamless from what he ran in college. Because a lot of it was based upon operating on time, on schedule. He wasn't asked to do too much. So I could see it. I just, that wouldn't be the route that I'd choose to take.
1: Up next, What's Trending. Nick Saban is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. That's next. Here's Shlareth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Happy Friday, everybody. Got Matt Smith saying in for Stink, who's off today. He'll be back on Monday. What's Trending, well... What's trending is Nikola Jokic for uh, reasons that we have never talked about before because he had never had a triple-double against Washington. Well, check that as done, and now he has achieved a triple-double against every team in the NBA except the Denver Nuggets, which uh, Michael Malone said. Boy, I hope we never have to see that happen. What's unique about him is that he can impose his will in so many different areas. You know, some guys were great scorers. You know, but Nikola, he can score, he can rebound, he can play make, um, He can just impact the game across the board. And uh, as we always talk about, just the definition of greatness.
0: What's the favorite part of his game? The unselfish nature. Yeah. Yeah, the unselfish nature and the understanding that the sum is greater than the parts, mm-hmm. right? I think that is, that is what makes him special because... You're supposed to be the tide that can raise all boats, and I've always I've always felt good player can make himself better in key moments, but a great player makes others better. Anybody who takes the floor with Nikola Jokic instantly becomes a better basketball player, and that is a trait that really not many guys have. I appreciate that i love the humility from him but also i feel like he's just very grounded he has a very healthy life work balance yeah and you also don't see that very often so we're which we're, we're witnessing a very very special moment here in nba history in my opinion with his prime and i just i look forward to watching it continue to unfold
1: it's the iq i love basketball iq i think we put too much emphasis and we're drawn too much or we promote and highlight too much Athleticism. And I and I love the athleticism. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's the understanding of how to play the game right. that I'm drawn to. And it's That's a good way to play. And you it. can have both. Michael Jordan and LeBron James are their basketball IQs off the chart. So it's that's the part that, that I'm drawn to. It's just and and Malone talked about it. You know, seeing the game one, two moves ahead is is just do you understand how how much <laughs> easier the game is? And it's not something that Nikola, like Jokic, could never be a coach because Jokic will be like, "Why don't you see what I see?"
0: Mm, the, Magic the prime jo- effect.
1: Magic Johnson was was <laughs> not a good coach. Why? Because Magic Johnson's watching the game. He's like, "I see that. I see that. Why don't my players see that?" Mm. Right? But you, you can't you can't coach it. You either have it or you don't have it. And definitely, Nikola Jokic has it. Uh, what the Avalanche don't have right now is a, a good power play. Mm. Two for twenty nine is the uh, current streak that Jared Bednar's team is in. We got to get that shot mentality back, and, and we have it at times. But it's, you know, he, he, I, I trust our players, and I know that they'll they'll figure it out. And they are doing some better things here recently. Uh, they'll get rewarded if they just stick with it. I would say that that is probably the common theme. For any hockey team that has a struggling power play, that teams get too cute and too finesse and they're looking for the perfect pass and they're looking for the perfect setup rather than just sometimes just hammer it on net. Miko, shoot the puck! Right. Last night, Nathan McKinnon had 11 shots
0: on goal. The next highest av... Were McCar and Manson with three? No other forward had more than two. Miko had one. Yeah, well, you're pointing it on Miko. I I'd, I'd say Kale McCarr shoot the puck more too. He had three. Miko had one last. I night. know. My, I know. Here, but, here, but here's my point. Who's getting more opportunities on the power play? Probably about equal. Because right. Miko sees the puck just as much on the right wing as Kale does sure. at the blue line. The point here is that you need your dudes to be dudes. So yes, you can point out Kale. You point out, Miko's only had six points in nine games in February. For most players. You probably think, oh, well, decent stretch for him. For Miko, they need him to be a dude every night. That was part of the reason why they were so dominant down the stretch in the regular season last year. He had 55 goals last year. He's still on a good pace, but they need him to be more, and I believe that was a bit of a subtle message. You heard him talk about shoot mentality. That's Miko. Fire to puck on net. Let's go. you got to get angry. you got to get mean. (laughs) That's the only way you can play.
1: I like it. I like it. Nick Saban is not happy with college football. Shocking, and let's face it, he—if if nil transfer portal—if that had never come along, Nick Saban's still coaching at Alabama. No question. I have no doubt about that. So anyway, he now that he is uh, retired, he says he wants to help bring reform, uniformity, and common sense to college football. Quote, what we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student athlete. That doesn't exist. We've gone to nobody talking about education, nobody talking about creating value for their future, to talking about how much money can I make while I'm in college? Does he have a point or is this somebody who's just bitter because coaches no longer have that uh, iron fisted you know, control control? Of the program like they used to he has a point in that the game is not what it
0: used to be and that it has changed but he is trying to push a boulder uphill here this is the, i mean this is a train that is loaded up with coal and barreling down the tracks there's no stopping where college football is going now to his point can there be some regulation do they need stronger leadership absolutely but even ncaa president i think it's charlie baker the other day came out and said that All these coaches who are complaining about the sport becoming harder because of the NIL and the transfer portal era, well, guess what? They had all those rules in place for the coaching staffs forever. The coaches could up and leave kids stranded, right? So he kind of even told, which I was surprised from the NCAA perspective, he kind of told these coaches to kick rocks. Saban can do that all he wants, but there's going to need to be a stronger college football players union. There's going to be a stronger leadership. But what it all comes down to, is what do the SEC and the Big Ten decide to do? Because right now they've got everybody else on the ropes with the amount of leverage they have as far as the postseason format and further annexation of these conferences. We'll see how it plays out, but they hold all the cards right now.
1: Do you even think about these guys as college students anymore?
0: I think this is a much longer conversation. Yeah.
1: Kyle and I actually had this
0: conversation on our Sunday show because I A couple weeks ago, no, you
1: can't tell me. And by the way, I'm not. I'm not getting after these guys, but are you telling me that Shajor and Shiloh Sanders are going to class? They're there
0: to, you know, play football.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're it is. They're making they're making three, four million dollars. Why why go who why do you need to go to class?
0: And I mean, again, that opens the conversation of, well, is a college degree what it used to be and we can go down that road and
1: but, And do you even have to ask these players to be college students? Or are they just now employees well of the the, the university? A lot of these kids
0: only have earning potential for these years in college. The majority of them, probably about 90% of them, right? So what they're doing now is maximizing their earning potential because it won't
1: be the same moving forward for the majority of them. We'll get back to that conversation. I think this is uh, worth talking a little bit more about. Well, this is going to shock you. Charlie Sheen and PEDs.
0: I mean, PEDs kind of does shock me, Charlie Sheen. I mean, really? I would have figured other stuff. I would
1: think any substance, any any, well, any substance with, with Charlie this is, Sheen. This is fair. This is a valid But point. here's what uh, he's saying. He claims that he took PEDs for roughly six to eight weeks while Major League was being yeah. made. Said it was the only time I ever did steroids and my fastball went from like 79 to 85. Pumping gas. Just
0: like the Rocket James Merrill he,
1: Hey, I don't doubt that. And Charlie Sheen is one of the whatever you want to say about Charlie Sheen. He's one of the the few few actors who actually look like they can throw a baseball. Wild like, thing, like like you make my N- heart New clean. Lelouch, Tim Robbins and Bull Durham. Oh I'm, no, for could sure. not throw a baseball. No, no, Char- Charlie can pitch a little. Bit. Charlie, you can tell when he was when they do the the, the scenes. You can tell this is a guy who. Knows how to throw a pitch, knows how to pitch, knows how to do a windup, and so the fact that he was probably trying to make it. Uh, there were times during the watching the movie when I when it first came out, I was like, "Hey, man, I I know that Hollywood knows how to speed this thing up and and make it. He looks like he can throw. Well, here's the evidence to prove it, right?
0: <laughs> I was just thinking about all the lines in the movie that I absolutely oh my love. Goodness. What a great what a great film. I hate I, this bleeping song. <laughs> <laughs> how
1: you doing? Oh with a <laughs> That's right. That's right. Look at this guy. <laughs> don't give me hope, any of that. old BS, Dorn. Right. That's right. <laughs> Strike oh. this out. There's so, so like, got one I thing to say to you, Dorn. I, I, yeah. I was we were my son and I were watching this the other the other day and he was getting so mad at me because literally I'm saying of every course. line before the guy. Finally he said, "Dad, shut not up not and off. let me watch the movie."
0: I said, go in the other room I'm so right. I can watch it and I'm enjoy right. it. You're no fun. You're no fun. I hope You're gentlemen are ready, I'm about to put on a hitting
1: display. <laughs> up your butt, Joe, boo. Uh, coming up, we jump right back into uh, Is It Just Me Friday having some fun as you get a chance to uh, take over the show and unload those hot sports opinions next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Wow, Sleeping song you
0: make my heart Only got one thing to say to you, Vaughn <laughs> you
1: make everything oh, It's timeless, timeless thing. Just a bit outside So it led to the question, who are the actors uh-huh, Who actually could pull off Being an athlete Oh wow Who were the actors that actually could pull off being An athlete Charlie Sheen was one. Kevin Costner. Well, well, you mean at least portray being an athlete, not actually
0: be an athlete. No, not no, actually no. But, like but actually
1: sports. look like they're, they, they actually has some oh, I athletic. I they, got a great one. They have some you. athletic bones in their body. Uh,
0: Tom Cruise rubbing his racing Cole. Do you consider NASCAR drivers no, athletes? No. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. Tom does Cuba, not.
0: How about, did Cuba and Jerry Maguire? Did he pull it
1: off? Yes. Okay, but there weren't a whole lot of ath- athletic scenes there for him. So I'm just talking about guys who you could tell w- w- would know their way around, you know, a diamond, the rink, that kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure. Newman, right? I mean, Newman looked. I mean, slap shot. You find yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about uh, Rob Lowe? Young blood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Costner. How did we Costner. miss Costner? Yeah. No. Costner can Costner she... play any sport. Robert Redford in the natural. Sure. Sure. He looked, he looked like he could. What about Dennis well, Quaid in the rookie? No. <laughs> As an old grizzled reliever. Nope. 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 Uh,
0: nope. What about uh, Statham? The Rock. Like, are we going to go down that road? Terry Crews. I mean, he was a
1: former. Sure. You know, uh. Arnold. St- Stallone. Sure. In the boxing. Sure. Man. You know, by the time it was all said and done, you know, he and he and. Carl Weathers look like they look like boxers. What about Josh Duhamel?
0: Uh, Jill and all? No. No, not Jill and all. Jill and all doesn't do it for me. No. No. I like Duhamel, though. He's a good one. So, anyway, we'll throw that out. Yeah. I'd be curious. I'd be actually really curious to hear
1: what the responses to that are. What uh, is going on here? We got uh, Is It Just Me a Friday? Oh, this, this isn't Is It Just Me. This is just you, Texter. Is it just me or. Is Russell Wilson the greatest Broncos quarterback ever because he was able to single handedly get the Penners to purchase the Broncos? What what? Dude, if you think that Russell Wilson was the what are you uh talking about? well, no, the the idea being that would the Penners have wanted to buy the Broncos if Russell Wilson at the time wasn't the quarterback? Yes. Back at the time when we were all high on Russell Wilson and all bullish and this high is the guy three. and this is the guy that's gonna, you know, Solve our quarterback issues. There was a time. I know, I know, I know it seems laughable right now, but there was a time where we looked at we this guy excited. as the savior. We were excited. <laughs> we really did. Yeah. We bought it, man. Yeah. We He'll were drinking the Kool-Aid. Man.
0: Yes, no, they would have been very interested in the Broncos with or no, Russell Wilson. or
1: what? Yeah. Matt with one T could have been playing quarterback for the Broncos and they were gonna be looking to buy because there is That'll not a few more games there is not year. a better investment. I'll give you one good throw. Then, then owning an NFL team,
0: like For instance, fire. actors who could be athletes, Gary Busey, like he was in Rookie of the Year. I can give you one more. I can give you one good throw, Mike. That's it. And then the arm goes. No, Russell Wilson was not the reason that the Panthers bought no, the Broncos. No, no, no.
1: They bought the Broncos because owning an NFL franchise is an unbelievable investment. As uh, they'll continue to find out over the over the years. Uh, where where are you at right now? Where are you with the uh, the quarterback thing? What do you want to see them do? What What are you, Matt Smith,
0: hoping that they do? There's a couple of different options you go down. I'm of the opinion, and I have been of the opinion since after the Super Bowl, that the championship core is in place. And actually, last week, when you were out for a day, when you went up skiing, right? I think that's what you did My last week. My son and I went
1: skiing last Friday. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mark and I went Keystone, through... Keystone. Mark and I went... Was it good? No, it was wonderful. Fresh pow, a little pop out. Yep. All right, well, that's nice. Mark and I went through... We just heard from Daniel Jeremiah. He has this foundation matrix, and there's about 12 players. And we came up with six of the 12 positions that he outlines, except for one of those guys was Jaquan McMillan that Mark said. I think that's a little bit too early to call him a foundational core piece. And then one of them was Lloyd Cushenberry, who's most likely not going to be here. So what does that leave you, four of 12? I'm of the personal opinion that the foundation isn't here. I think they need to restock the coffers. I'd be looking to move down in the draft. I'd like two starters instead of one for a team that has so many positions of need. But I understand that fans are looking, you know, they, they want something to be excited about. I just don't know that this year, if you're trying to make the jump this year, you're jumping with ankle weights on because you will have to deal with the dead cap one way or another. And you do have to become cap compliant. Now, it's much easier said than, than done, I think, to deal with the dead cap. But cap compliance shouldn't be a problem. They can extend guys. They can renegotiate contracts, convert salary into signing bonus. There's a lot of different avenues for them.
1: Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL uh, scout, now doing the, the media thing, uh, talking about uh, how it's going to be tough for the Broncos to try to move up in the draft to get that quarterback.
0: It would be tough. You had no second-round pick. Um, there's other holes on the roster. I, I would say if, you know, Sean, Sean's going to have, you know, what he's looking for, the position. To me, it's if you 100% fall in love and he's your, you know, it's the best guy because, you know, just because somebody might be number one, the number one pick or number one on another board doesn't mean he's number one on your board. But if you've got a guy who you think is the best one, who you think is a – Uh, you know a cornerstone at the most important position for the next decade plus and you have conviction I don't I don't I don't have any problem with it
1: even though you might have some other holes to fill you don't make that type of a move uh, for a guy you like you you make that type of a move for a guy you think has got a chance to be really special so where I'm at right now when it comes to the quarterback debate I'm I'm making it easy on myself I'm, I'm I'm going to remove some of the anxiety that goes along with trying to figure all this out as somebody that believes in Sean Payton. And I do. I stand with Sean. You stand with Sean. I stand with Sean. As somebody that believes in Sean Payton, whatever decision he makes in regards to the quarterback position this offseason, I'm going to trust because I I I know based on his resume how long he's been around this league, he understands the importance of the quarterback position. And also, he knows what he wants. That is key. That is key. He knows what he wants. And I think a lot of teams out there, when they are... Drafting a quarterback, any quarterback, it doesn't matter who, they have no real idea about what they want. The coach doesn't really know what he wants. The GM doesn't really know what he wants. In this case, if there is a benefit, I know there are Peyton critics out there, but if there's a benefit to having Sean, he has been around long enough that he knows what he wants. So if this, if he goes out and and drafts a quarterback at 12, if he moves up for a quarterback, if he decides to pass on these quarterbacks and sign a free agent quarterback – I'm gonna feel good about it. What do you want? I think it's. I think I'm okay with what Sean. Good. I'm okay with what Sean wants, and I'm. I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't. I don't need. I don't need the added stress about saying, well, this guy or that guy. Hey, I trust Sean to go out and get the guy he wants and believes in.
0: I'll, I believe I'll, in Sean Payton. I know he does. <laughs> I. Me too, I, Dion. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I believe I'm of the position. I'm more along your lines of thinking. I'm more along. Hey, veteran quarterback, bring him in here, rebuild this thing, and and maybe next year when you have a little bit more flexibility to surround one of these younger guys, you want to maximize on every year of a rookie contract for a first round quarterback that you can. However, if there's somebody that he loves and he's willing to mortgage next year's first and definitely more to move up in the draft, or maybe they move from like 12 to nine. right? And maybe you're not trading a first round pick next year. Maybe it's a couple of, I don't know. Point being, Mike, I, I struggled to see that it's a good use of allotted assets and resources to really spend that much after you've done it the last two years had things been a little different, been a little different unless they love a guy. I, I really oh, see, I, I, to I, I, see, them see that, I don't
1: worry about that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking about, well, they gave up all that they gave up for Russ and Sean. And so they can't do it again. And they, they have so many holes. My belief in Sean extends to the point where if he loves a guy mm. to the point where he has to give up the next two drafts to get that guy, and maybe even a player like Pat Sertan, do it. Do it. Because if you, if he's right, then whatever you've given up for Russ, whatever you gave up for Peyton, whatever you give up for this quarterback that he covets, if he covets this guy, tr- it'll all be paid back sure. and more over the course of the next 15, 17 years. So do not, do not. Stop at going after somebody you truly believe can be generational, can be your next breeze, just because you're worried about what it could cost. I think that is
0: absolutely fair. And if that guy exists, then I think it's
1: worth Go at for least it.
0: investigating it, right? But I would also say that you need younger, cost-controlled players who can be a part of your foundation moving forward. And you're not getting those guys through free agency. You're getting those guys with team control through the draft. And they need to draft. Better. And it's not just at the top of the draft. It's the back of the draft as well. You can find talent there. They've been hit or miss. Now, their rookie class just got ranked the last in the NFL by ESPN yep. for last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a first-round pick. We understand that. They move up for Mims, right? They draft Riley Moss, Drew Sanders. Not a, not a great return, on your first rookie class. So I'll just say maybe you're concerned about their ability to go find a bunch of starters. I wouldn't be. He has a really good track record in new Orleans and his track record in new Orleans indicates that if there's somebody that he likes, he has no fear in going up to get that guy. I mean, we can go back through the, through the annals here and actually take a deep dive because he has shown a proclivity to be aggressive in the draft targeting players that he loves. So if a quarterback happens to fall into that category this year, then again, I'm not going to go, oh, well, he drafted. That's a terrible mistake if he's moving mm-hmm. up. Now, around here, in my opinion, this, the, the, the one avenue they haven't pursued yet is trying to get a quarterback in the top of the draft. And those guys, they need a little time, most likely. Now, Cecil told me last week that he thinks Drake May could get him 10 wins this year. My opinion, no offense, Cecil, he thinks a little far-fetched. But... Look, if there's some guy you fully believe in, yeah, Mike, you don't really think about that stuff. I don't know that there is. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that there is. And moving forward, are you going to be able to surround that guy with enough if you don't have those picks? That is also a concern.
1: Honestly, I believe believe a guy like Sean Payton, I think we saw it on display just in the one year he's been here. This guy has a pretty strong opinion of himself. And so I'm sure he looks at a lot of these quarterbacks and like, I could do so much more with this guy than he's done anywhere else. So – that, that factors into how I could see Peyton moving ahead at the quarterback position. But somebody asked a fair question. Mike, what has Sean done to earn so much trust for you? The record is the record. You, you go out there for 15 years in New Orleans and average 10 wins a year. That's not something I blow off. I, I just don't. And and for people who are like, well, it was all Drew Brees. Well, if it was all Drew Brees, why was there a three-year stretch when they were together where the Saints went seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine? If it was all Drew Brees, then why couldn't Drew Brees lift them out of three straight years out of seven and nine? So it wasn't all Drew Brees. Uh, the, when when you go out and pursue a guy like Sean Payton, when you trade for him and give up the draft capital, you do. Then when you turn around and pay him what they're paying him. And you give him the kind of control that he has. You've pushed all your chips in on Sean Payton. So why then stop and not trust him to go do what he sees fit? You don't yeah, yeah. so to me yeah. it's it, it to me it's pretty simple. It's it's why I stand with Sean is that I respect his record. Do you have bumper stickers yet? No, but I should get some Little buttons. Uh-huh. Do people still wear buttons? The lapel pin. No. Do they still wear the campaign buttons? Sure. Do people still do buttons. You can start. I, it. Then fine. Let's I bring s- it back. Stand with Sean. But or a sash or a little sash. <laughs> a little
0: <laughs>
1: sash. France. Um, That's right. <laughs> but, but if you're going to invest in a guy like Sean Payton, uh-huh. which they have, then you got to sit back and let him do his thing. Oh, of course. And yeah. so if, you, if, if if he has a quarterback that he really believes in if they if he drafts a quarterback then i know this guy based on everything that he's done and the kind of uh authority and and what you gave up to to bring him here then you sit back and say okay i believe in it again you're not trusting that it's going to work out you're just going to
0: trust the plan because i'm going to trust the guy Right, but my point is is that it's not an infallible decision. Like, okay, okay so he made this decision, he's going to draft a first-round quarterback, slam dunk, no doubt it's going to work out. No, because that's not the nature of drafting quarterbacks. Correct,
1: but what, what I do look at with Sean that I look at, Sean is not somebody who is going to say, there are six quarterbacks that could go in the first round, let's say, mm. right? He's not ever going to be the kind of guy that's going to say, What kind of guy? I'm going to draft any one of them. Oh, They're all equal. I just have to pick one of them. There's an equal value attached to all of them. He'll never be that kind of a coach. He's going to look at a quarterback and say, That's the guy. That's the guy that reminds me of Breeze. That's the guy I can have a relationship like I had with Drew. That's the guy who sees the game the way that I see the game. We're going to have an instant connection. We're going to be able to speak the same language, which he was not. He was, you know, he was speaking. Uh, English and Russ was speaking Swahili. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's that's how far off they were. Okay. That's why Sean decided I can't win with this guy. I got to move off from this guy, uh-huh. and it didn't take long for him to decide that. So if he chooses a quarterback, whether it's staying put at twelve, whether it's mortgaging the farm to go move up, or whether it's dr- uh, not even drafting a quarterback but signing Sam Darnold, it's gonna be because he believes in that guy, and I'm fine with that. Do you believe? I believe.
0: I'm fine with it, too. If that's the decision he chooses to make, again, you asked me what I would do. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking to get more starters here and round this thing out and then bring a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, into a position where I believe he can succeed. We had a conversation off air. You were telling me, Sutton, Patrick, I mean, those guys are most likely, you know, right in the, right in the, first of all, we know Patrick's going to get cut. Now we expect him to be brought back. We expect him to want to come back, but they're not going to pay him his current contract. What happens with Cortland Sutton? Now I think that's the question. What do you do with Sutton and his contract? Do you want to bring him back? Are you trying to shop him? He probably represents one of the few pieces that you could attain some sort of value for, even at his number based upon the season he had. Well, you want to make sure that you surround a rookie quarterback with enough pieces and, and give them a chance to succeed. So if you believe that's in place this year, if you believe you can attain that through you know day two, day three free agency and what you can do in the rest of the draft, maybe you go down that road if there's somebody that you really love. But if not, it's time to start rebuilding this thing the way they haven't done since they won
1: that Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50. But if you are Sean Payton and you see a quarterback that you that's believe is said. generational, then you you can give up the next cup, cup, couple of drafts and still look at it from the idea that i am building this thing up still a big gamble one turn. way or another but that's what you brought him here for so if you're going to trade for him keep rolling those him, dice then you got to trust his opinion